This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Less than a week away from the start of yeah, about that. training camp. Yeah, yeah. We're right around the corner here. And uh, just a little nugget here for everybody. Uh, Matt and I don't talk usually about what we're going to talk about. I wanna, <laughs> Not so much. Right yeah. off the top of our head. Uh, so uh, the thing that I, I did want to talk about here in the first segment, Matt, is the, I guess, the main storylines of training okay. camp. What do we what do we want to see here? I've been kind of writing about them on DKPittsburghSports.com, uh, but I want to get your take on some of the things that you want to see the okay. Steelers accomplish in this training camp uh, that is upcoming here. My first, my first and foremost, obviously, the, the biggest storyline, I think, is going to be the offensive line and how it all comes together. That's where I was going to start, too, is I, I think the fans will want to hear – Oh, we're Kendrick Green's really stepping up and taking the job. Um, Dawson looks better better than he did a year Trey ago. Trey Turner looks like he's regained his form. Yeah, right. And just good reports about the line. Some of the youngsters are coming along well. There's continuity growing there. I would think that's at the top. I mean, again, you've been doing this a very long time and have probably written the story a million times. The first-round pick is always a huge, yeah. huge story, of Absolutely. course. And, and especially it's because it's not it's – a He's not a nose tackle or a guard. I mean, he's going to be touching the football a lot and be very prominent. I would think that's huge. How's Ben throwing it? That's got to be pretty high on the yeah. list, too. You How's know? he look? How's Obviously, he look? everybody, right. you know. Here's the thing. The report came out uh, earlier this week. Uh, the guy, I can't even remember his name on Twitter, spoken to somebody in Roethlisberger's camp, and he is, you know, his, his diet is this and that. Mm -hmm. It's been that for the last three or so years. <laughs> This is no different. This is what he's been doing. But this is a pushback against the national narrative that somehow Roethlisberger is shot. He's done. Sure. And he hasn't do anything in the offseason. Yeah. And, you know, all these. This is nothing new. He's come. To, he was in great shape last year. Yeah. I would say every time I've seen. Last couple camps I've seen him. Well, I didn't see him the last one. He's looked leaner than I thought. You know, he's looked. He's not wearing the the, the knee braces that he used to wear right. circa 2015. You know, because he a lot was of ice a little, on the yeah. knees back then. That, or that's the, that hasn't happened the last or, few years. You know, right? No, I mean he's in good shape. You know, yeah. I mean we don't know the status of the elbow per se. You know, and the, what's his agility going to look like, and how light is he on his feet still, and those type of things. And that frankly will be a hard thing to see in camp. I mean, we talk about this a lot with older quarterbacks that. Really, it's the, the strain of the season that takes their toll. I mean, he's going to come out of the gates looking good, I'm sure. Yeah. You know. I, I say this because we got news this week that Tom Brady played a portion of last season or, or some, I don't even know how much of last season, mm -hmm. with a torn MCL. And now the narrative is, well, look how good Brady was last year at, at 42 with the torn MCL. He had it fixed now. He's going to be back and completely reinvigorated. Like, yeah. he's 43, folks. He's 43. He's right. not, he didn't drink from the fountain of youth here. <laughs> right. 
And yeah, he keeps great sh- in great shape. He's been fortunate with injuries too. They probably go hand in hand, but there's also some luck. Um, you know, his pocket presence and you know being to recognize where the rush is coming from helps him avoid hits. One of the reasons he's not great late in the down either. You know, we did the quarterback rank conversation two days ago, and we wouldn't have had him third in the league. Right. Uh, I mean, you know, for those reasons. I mean, he's not an off-script player, but what he does, he still does really well. But I was talking about this today on the podcast, too. I almost would be a little more worried, like, for Brady. Well, we're seeing more. We saw an injury. I mean, right. is the next one an ACL? Yeah, next one a is, little bit is bigger. It, you know, you know yeah. I mean, his body's not going <laughs> to last forever. And I mean, he, his his track record is remarkable. And what if that would have been an elbow or a shoulder? He probably wouldn't have played. You right. Know? Yeah. I mean, his toughness and leadership can't be questioned. I'm not saying that, but for his style of game, a, a slight MCL spray, sprain or, or tear. Isn't that debilitating? No, player. he's not no. like he's going to run for you know sixty right. yards or something like that. Rivers played with such stuff. Yeah, you know, right. Rivers played with, with, with torn, torn ACL. ACL. Right, right. Um, yeah, so it, it's not the be all end all there, but everybody's uh, and I get it. He's Tom Brady. Oh, Everybody wants to it. give yeah. Brady the, the the benefit of the doubt here. Oh, he's going to be back so much better now because he had that MCL fixed. Nobody wants to give Roethlisberger that that the, the same, same bump. They're both Hall of Famers. They're both Hall of Famers. Nobody wants to say, well, it's possible that Roethlisberger coming back last year, again, less than a year removed from his surgery. Mm -hmm. Like, he had just started throwing a football last uh, two Februaries ago. Yeah, right, right, right. Like, I brought this up before. We were all shocked when we saw the video of him tossing a football. Soft toss. You know, five months before the season started. And then we're surprised that he struggled down the stretch. He'd been been throwing a football for less than a year. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, why aren't we saying the same thing about a younger person who's more physically gifted and say, well, now he's further removed from a bigger surgery? <laughs> I mean, what does it add up here? You know what I'm saying? You know, right? When you compare to, those two, yeah. it's a good point. Talked to Bill Cower earlier this week, and he said, he, you know, that he expects Roethlisberger, he's not going to fire back at anybody publicly mm-hmm. or anything like that, but he expects him to be following this stuff all the way. I'm sure. And and okay, I'm going to I'm going to show you guys. And and that, that sounds like a Ben trait. The report you know, like, comes out then also at the around the same time that you know, he's you know, he's been his conditioning is in he's in great condition. He's ready to come back and, and basically prove everybody wrong. Right, right. That you know, there's It would have been real easy to walk away this year with absolutely. Seeing these guys leaving too, yeah. but you know, being the only old guy kind of left. I I my hunch is he's going to be very competitive and motivated. So I expect him to have a, a very good year, certainly um, you know, he brought it up when we spoke to him uh, during OTAs, the fact that last spring he was throwing, you know, thousands of footballs, trying to get his arm back into shape, trying mm-hmm. to get the feel for the football back. Well, he hasn't had to do that this year. No, right. It's probably a good thing, too. Yeah. I mean, we could say what we want about him, but he probably only has so many throws left. You yeah. know what I mean? So don't use him up, you know. But is it any wonder that his arm wore down late in the year? No, not when, at all. When, you know, when you had when you've been throwing, you know, more than you've ever thrown. I was saying, and they're throwing the ball too much. Yeah, you know, I mean, in game situations. Um, yeah, I'm sure that'll be. A hu- I mean, back to the original conversation, that has to be a massive topic. I mean, not as big as last year, I would think. I mean, that was what everyone was hanging every, you know, every word on. How's Ben look today? How's Ben look today? Yeah, but that's going to be a big one. You know, the thing the thing was last year, you watched him, and you're you're like, okay, he's throwing the football. Mm-hmm. It didn't always necessarily look pretty. 
Yeah. You know, Mike Tomlin. The fact that he was doing yeah. it was. Mike Tomlin story. brought it up a couple of times that the ball was fluttering a little more coming out of his hand. Mm-hmm. And we kind of brushed it off. Yeah. You know, at the time, you're just, well, he's throwing a football. Mm-hmm. It's Ben Roethlisberger, and he's throwing a football. He couldn't throw a football last year. People forget how. <laughs> it's funny to me about this sport and covering it, how 365 days is so much different. I mean, it's sometimes it's a 180 degree difference because 365 days ago, they were just happy it wasn't Duck and Mason. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Ben's throwing it again. We got a chance. You know, they, yeah. they lived through the year before that, and they you did know. have a chance. They went 12 and four, <laughs> and they won a lot of games. Right? You know, sure. Um, a lot of other things I want that I specifically will watch a lot, and we saw some of this in mini camps and things. But the offense is going to look different. Yeah, and. It, they're not going to be able to hide that those intentions, and they will be able to report on it and talk about it with the pre-snap motion, bend behind center, Najee detached a fair amount. I mean, I think it's going to be noticeably different than what we've yeah, seen. They'll save schematically. Some, they'll save some wrinkles and things of that nature. Oh yeah, yeah. But, you, I but mean, they got to rep what they're. You got to rep it. Yeah, yeah you yeah. can't just come. You know. Run what, you, run what you ran last year, and then all of a sudden come out in the first first game against the Bills in September and go, okay, here we go. We're gonna. Right. This is what the offense looks like. I mean, it, it sounds rudimentary, but when you have eleven guys running a play and you add more components to it, well, it needs time. I yeah. mean, you got to rep those things. You, you wouldn't think it's a big deal when Ben's in the shotgun and a receiver screams across him in a shallow motion that he flips the ball to him in motion. You can't just do it's it timing. on Sunday. There's a it's lot all, of timing. The here. timing of it all. That's what I was meaning. Yeah, those eleven guys to move as one. When you add a couple more wrinkles to it, yeah. they got to rep that. I stuff. mean, if that guy leaves a, a half second too early or a half second too late, the play's right. completely blown up. Yeah, or bounces off his back or shoulder right. pads, or you know, or bends. Things look bad. Has to kneel on. I it think that either, happened you know. to them. I'm trying to think of the game. Might have been in the Buffalo. No, it might have been earlier in the season than that. They had a, a pitch. To chase, uh, uh, and, might, dude, and it, it, it was off. But I'm sure that's why they got away from some of this stuff too. Is, yeah. you know, we haven't done enough of it to, yeah. to trust it. You just didn't get to rep it enough in the 14 practices that you had before the season started. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, it's right. just not enough. It's just not enough. Right. Um, so you go back to what you do best. Mm-hmm. And with no disrespect to the former coordinator, there's now it's not a Canada influenced offense. It's Canada's offense. Right. So, it's know, a little different. It's yeah. different when you're the guy. And you're sitting there in meetings with the other offensive coaches, and I think we should do this. Well, you're going to get overruled on some things, too, because I mean, that's the offense coordinator's job. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be a big uh, a big thing in this camp as well. And then defensive depth. Yeah. You know, I think everywhere outside of the defensive line. I think the defensive line, we know what the depth is. It's the same guys that, were, that they had last year. Even so, Davis, Bugs – I'd like to see a step forward. Well, you'll from one see, of them. and you, know you would expect I mean? so, that because they're, and some they're reps and, you know, another year into it. They mm-hmm. got experience last year. I, I think that's just a natural progression of things. They're guys who have played football at the NFL level. The guys that are going to play snaps in Week One, we know they have are. played right, snaps right, right, right. in the NFL. Right. And can't frankly, say no that, respect to Bugs and Davis and those guys. They're probably not Cam's successor. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I yeah. Mean? <laughs> um, but we don't have that at some of the other spots. Maybe any of the other spots. Well, I mean, there are guys who have played NFL snaps, but the inside linebackers in particular. Yeah, we, I mean, we know what Vince is, yeah. and we know what Spillane, I think, is at this point. But how does that depth chart shake out? I mean, there's still Gilbert and Johnson, and those kind of guys could go past it. Going past Spillane and Williams wouldn't be the hardest thing in the world. No, and that's the yeah. natural progression of things. I mean, you know, as we often say, guys are allowed to get better. Mm-hmm. 
And there are a lot of young guys on this roster that, you know, the expectation is is they're going to make a jump. You know, you even look at the cornerback spot with with Pierre and Lane. Yeah, you know, Antoine Brooks. They don't. Yeah. They don't release Stephen Nelson unless they have a pretty good feeling that at least one of those guys is NFL. You know, NFL starter capable. Right. Even to take that a step forward or further, when they released them, they didn't go do something else. Right. And more cap rooms opened up since then, and, and they, they still haven't, haven't done yeah. something else. I mean, again, they tell you what they think. And a huge theme I've been talking about from a national perspective is I firmly believe last year's draft class, probably the draft class before that, fourth to seventh rounders, who we know nothing about, are good football players and last year got robbed of exposure. Yeah. I think across the league you're going to see guys, you know, who's that – Who's the pass rusher opposite Joey Bosa? Well, we know we got a guy who's we're pretty high on. He's having yeah, he liked him. He just you guys yet? Yeah, he you know? just you know we drafted him for a reason. He hasn't done anything wrong. He just hasn't seen the field because someone was ahead of him or didn't trust McFarland in protection yet. Or, you know, I mean, there's, there's so many of those type of deals. So I think mid round picks from the last year or two are going to really show up. Yeah, and that uh, you know again that that takes you you know through some of the guys that. The Steelers are counting on this yeah, year. Yeah, without question. You know, the Pierre's, the the Lanes, the mm-hmm. um, you know Davis, and, and some of these other guys. Yeah, that, yeah, a lot of them on defense too. Yeah, yeah right. So not uh, to mention the rookie class coming in, the Rochers and those type of those too. Yeah, I mean, so I, I think, you know, I, I get asked a lot. You know, the Steelers have the the additional cap space that they they cleared. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with the the Castro release and, and those kind of things, you know, are they going to make another move? Not until they see what this thing looks like. No, I think you've, at they're this gonna, point, it's pretty clear they're not. They're going to go to camp. They got a couple of weeks before they play their first game, mm-hmm. and then after the first, there'll be another preseason game. After that first preseason game, when everybody's played their first preseason game, that week there'll be five guys cut from yeah. each around the league. You, yeah, everybody will cut down to eighty-five players. Right, right. It's a little different this year. Yeah, then and you're going to start a pretty good feel by that point too. Yeah. Then you'll also start seeing teams maybe take a look at what they have and go, okay, we're short a tight end or we're short something. Yeah. And you'll you'll start calling the teams that have those, and maybe you'll see some player-for-player player swaps. Or those seventh-round pick for your guy that you might cut type yeah. of moves. Or Just to make sure that you get him. Or Melvin Ingram and Justin Houston still on still, the street. Or they sign, you know, yeah. That's when you know they don't have to go through some of the they, – they can have an abbreviated camp, still get them make a nice buck. And three teams are calling instead of one, and you get a little bit more in your you know, in your paycheck if you're yeah. those guys. But you there's know? no rush to sign those guys. You're not no. looking for a starter. You're not looking for a starter. I, I, somebody wrote I, – I, I had a thing. I wrote a piece a couple of weeks ago, and somebody put in the in – the, it was about the, the outside linebackers. Yeah, yeah. And somebody put on their – you know, their, their outside linebacker, the third outside linebacker, you know, if, if – if, so-and-so has to play the outside linebacker. Marsha Ruscha yeah. or one of those They're guys. going to, uh, you know, they're going to be a seven-win team or six-win team. I'm like, if the reason you win or lose is because you're third outside linebacker, yeah. I just don't see that. I mean, this is because true Because you can everything. find guys there. You'll There'll be guys who are released. There will be. I mean, there'll be some not as exciting names as Houston and England. Right, they won't be those kind of guys. But, again, they're not looking for a starter. They're looking for a guy, a rotational guy, who, by the way, can also, if you're going to be that guy, the number three or four outside linebacker, you better be able to play special teams. As I was going to say. And Houston and and Ingram aren't playing special teams for you. No, I mean, 
I, I don't have the list in front of me, but I guarantee I can find some 30 to 33-year-old edge setters that are probably a little better against the run than the pass, that have a special team background, that would play for a little over league minimum with a nice little signing bonus, that wouldn't embarrass themselves. Yeah. You know, that, w- that would be fine. It might be better than Marsh or Roche, but we don't know that yet. You yeah. Know? They want to get them the, guys the reps. They want to get them to camp and see what they got before they make a move because you probably only got one, maybe two of these moves. The other thing is, I'm sure a lot of people are like, well, sign them now before somebody else gets them. And there's some logic to that. You know, I mean, I, yeah. I get it. I mean, I wouldn't be brokenhearted if they signed somebody else this week that was a name. But practice time isn't as abundant as it used right. to be. And if you're the outside linebacker coach or whatever it is, I got to get Roche ready. I want to see if Marsh can be a three. They, they signed a couple of, of some of, other guys. Yeah, they signed a couple of guys after the draft that are, yeah. you know, Watson and some of these guys that, that maybe they can play. Right. And, you know, even watching individuals where they line up and hit a sled or whatever, there's, there's just not a ton of reps to go around with a full room before cuts that you need to evaluate what you have. It's, it's harder to do than people think is my point. There's not a lot of hours in the day and there's not many hours on the field. Well, the thing is, you know, we're talking about this, and, you know, if you look at the offensive side of things, maybe they need another lineman. I don't know. Maybe they need a third tight end. I don't know. Maybe. Right. Maybe they need another a different running back. I don't know. Um, I almost feel like the office, the offense is the total opposite of the defense. But there's there, there's some positions there that you look at, and maybe that depth piece, that down, on down, I'm talking about on down the depth chart. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, maybe you need that. Okay, maybe you need another cornerback. We don't know. Right. Maybe you need another outside linebacker, inside linebacker. We don't know. A safety. If you go out and let's say let's say right now they go out and sign Melvin Ingram. Yeah, yeah. Well, you might not be able to get the other thing. And that's their big. That's their okay. We, they, they have to get. They get two point five million. Now they don't have the money to do anything else. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, now they look at it and go, "Boy, we really should have signed a safety." And oh, by the way, somebody's going to get hurt. Right. You know, new needs are going that's, to pop yeah, up. Yeah, that's why you wait. Uh, players, to me, right. that's why you wait and see. You, you want to see how you get through training camp. It's still a buyer's market. Right. You know, those free agents aren't going to hold anyone over a barrel. Correct. And, and let's. Right. What happens if one of your offensive tackles goes down? Oh. And well, you you already signed Melvin Ingram. Well, now you're you know now you're stuck with you're what stuck. you got. No, you're 100 percent right. I mean, on offense. You hope it stays this way, but I think that there aren't needs there. I'm not saying the offense is going to be the best offense in the league, right? But there's not many positions that, are, considering the crop that's available right now, it'd be different if free agency just opened. I'm not looking for, you know, a third center. Right. <laughs> you know, a third tight end is fine, but yeah. yeah, that's pretty. That's a 53rd guy in the roster. I mean, I, I want to see the young running backs. They got a lot of receivers. If an offensive lineman was starting. Uh, history gets cut or is available. I would consider that. Yeah, you know. But all in all, I've now got a lot of. I've got more depth on that side of the ball. I mean, the defense yeah. is better than the offense, but there's depth there that I want to see how that plays. The defensive out. starters are better than the offense. Yes, yeah, that's why I think they're like polar opposites. I think that's one of the things. Like, well, what if T.J. Watt gets gets hurt? Well, that's, that's a big problem. That's every team. Right. But if Miles Garrett gets hurt, yeah. what if Aaron Donald gets hurt? Nobody right. has a replacement for those guys. No. And no. there's nobody on the street that, you exactly know, okay, that. maybe then you sign, you know, Justin Houston, but he's still you not. probably would. He's still not T.J. Watt. No. No, you're 100% <laughs> right. And people will, will give Kevin Colbert a hard time for that. It's like, you never have a replacement plan for T.J. Watt. 
you can't have everything. No. I mean, it's just not the 70s Steelers. You know, I was almost Stan on the way here. We were talking about all-time great receivers, and we were talking about uh, John Smith, actually. You know, yeah. great receiver who couldn't get on the field because – and Theo Bell. You know, for some reason, those names came up. Like, teams don't have those things. Like, if Swan and Stalls goes down, we'll be fine. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't work that way. I mean, Cam and Tua get hurt, you're not fine. They were fortunate last season they had drafted Highsmith. Yeah. With the plan that he was going to be the potential replacement for Dupree down right, the line. Right, right. Dupree goes down, well, you had Highsmith there. Mm-hmm. But that that's not always how it works. Right. You I mean, can only playing... draft so many guys. You know, you have, as you, there, there are only so many premium picks to have. So – you need a guy like a Quincy Roche who's a sixth-round draft pick. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's one I'm really excited to see. Yeah, actually. that's a guy really that you would you know have some right. expectations. Anthony Chicolo was a sixth-round draft pick. Mm-hmm. And he played a lot of snaps. played a lot of snaps. You'd wish he'd played fewer, probably, when right. it was all said and done. He wasn't terrible, but it'd be better to have been better there. But you have to cut corners somewhere. You know, you just yeah. can't invest like crazy everywhere. You know, it, you know the safety position. You've got two first-round draft picks at the safety position. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, so you're not going to spend a lot of premium, more premium picks there. There's only two right. or three that play at most at, at any time, anyways. I mean, the third safety worries me right now, but that's going to be a place that I'm going to skimp on if I have that much invested in my starters. Yeah, I mean that just makes sense. Yeah, so I, I, you know, we'll see how that defensive depth emerges. There'll be guys. There'll be guys. That, that, There'll be some you names. Know, Ulysses Gilbert is a guy I'm I'm very interested to watch. Me too. He's had the injury issues. But the talent is there. The athletic yeah. uh, profile is there. We've seen him there. play well. Yeah, you know, um, he just I needs think to Johnson, stay healthy. Buddy Johnson could be a, a, a factor too. I mean, not an every down player. Their inside one, linebacker depth could be better than what we think. There could be more competition there from yeah. spots two through four, two through five. I do know how this that sorts out. They have guys who fit, who are much closer to Devin Bush's athletic profile than they do to Vince Williams' mm-hmm. profile behind the starters. Yeah, it didn't used to be that way. Right. And that's Before it was Tyler Matakiewicz and guys like that <laughs> who didn't and, look yeah. like Ryan Shazier, didn't run like Ryan Shazier. Well, now they've got two guys in Gilbert and, and Buddy Johnson who run like Bush. Yeah, right. No, that's a good point. You know, like, they don't have another Bush on the team. Right. They don't. But they have guys that are you know, a Michelob Ultra version or yeah. that could turn into the Michelob Light version. Right. <laughs> I mean, they could get better and better. Which and, is better than not, you know, better than you know, yeah. zero of those guys, you know. So, no, that's a good point, which Matikavich was a great special teamer, but you'll be faster on special teams too. You know, would on it game surprise day, you? This, this is something I want to keep an eye on. Would it surprise you if we saw, for example, Vince Williams get some outside linebacker snaps? No. I think he's a good pass rusher, which is different than being a good blitzer. Right. Like I think he could line up, I think not he, against many tackles. But I think he could. I think he could set the edge. the edge. I think he could yes. do those some of those things. He's thick and strong enough. His lack of speed would not hurt. You could drop him in coverage, and he'd be a very good flat defender in yeah. coverage. You right. Know, those type of things. I brought that up a while ago and kind of stored it in the in the back of my head, thinking it's not the worst idea. He knows the defense like the back of his hand. He doesn't need the reps from a, a vision, see it perspective from the second and level. And he'll take it like last year or two years ago in camp, he took some outside linebacker reps. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could be your you know emergency, you know, break glass if necessary. Yeah, get you through a game. Yeah, I don't think it's awful. I mean, I wonder. I'm sure if he walked down into Bud's spot, you would see runs right at him until he proved otherwise. Yeah. 
It's a different way of stopping, you know, setting the edge, but I think he'd be capable. I mean, he's not as long as Gildan and these guys right, where yeah. you, you, know, you keep the, the, the tackle off you and you keep that free arm and push everything to the inside. I mean, he'd have to bang. And but I think his, the, the above the neck would help. Would help a lot. The toughness, the strength. Yeah. I mean, he's a thumper. And I think he could come off the edge and be disruptive in the passing game. Yeah, maybe you know? not get you, you know, if he did it for 16 games, he would not get you eight sacks. No, right, right, right. But he would be productive enough to. Yeah, he would get you out of games yeah. and wouldn't hurt I, you, I think, Trust right? me, I watched a season in, what was it, 2000, or no, I'm sorry, 1998, when Carlos Emmons yeah, played yeah. an entire season at outside linebacker, and I think he had two and a half sacks. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds about right. Right. I mean, that just wasn't wasn't his... Steeler like. No, I mean, very the production that's happened there since Lloyd and those guys. Yeah, you know, right. And I also think that's a bit of a misconception because I'm not giving, by no means, am I discrediting Watt, what Bud did, all the way back to Lloyd. But this defense back to LeBeau has been very good at making those guys be. The, the interior three does a lot to help those those right. two causes. Right. You know. Uh, that doesn't mean those guys weren't awesome players. But you and, scheme it up. And they scheme it up. Yeah. Not that they come free, but you get a lot of one-on-ones. If, if you get Vince line, against a running back. He's going to do great. He's going to run him over. I mean, again. Even Vince against a tight end. I say the Ebrons of the world aren't going to block him. No. You know, I mean, you don't have to be a diverse pass rusher for that. And we've seen him do that with a little bit of a running start from the second level. Yeah, so I, I think that could be something that. You know, could be in the cards down the mm-hmm. line. We'll see. I mean, I think they have a better idea. The fact that they haven't made any of these moves yet, sure, kind of tells me okay, they they've got some things they want to look at. Well, don't forget. I mean, what they're doing. I mean, you sit there in your office and there's a board with all these magnets on it, and you're going, yeah. I mean, smart teams. I'm sure they absolutely do this. What if I take this magnet out? Well, how do I fill in that gap? Well, I got three guys I'm thinking could maybe trickle into that spot, right? Or these five. You know, the, your your inside linebacker example is perfect. Like, okay, we don't really know who's lining up next to Bush the most snaps this year. But we know Vince is a leadoff walk. <laughs> Spillane, yeah, he's a single. And maybe he could get a little better. These two young guys, between those four, I bet we get an answer. Yeah. You know, and we're going to coach them up and – you know, it's a good chance a guy like two Mar- of them might not work out. Yeah, a guy like Marcus Allen might be on the outside looking in this year. He'd be shocked me if he plays. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he played over 200 snaps last year. I mean, looking back, that shocked me, and probably shouldn't be the case. Especially if you bring him up, and I never bring him up. Killebrew. Yeah. I mean, Killebrew was signed early in the process. They for see a him as they see him as a safety. But they don't. He's not. Matt but he Kavich. can. He, but he can walk down and and play in the you know in the box. Mm-hmm. Be a you know. The reason I brought him out of cave is not because of playing style, but he's not just a special teamer. He's going right. to play on defense. Yeah, I mean, he has that capability for that Marcus Allen role, and Allen, frankly, hasn't been impressive doing it. Killebrew's a thumper, a two hundred twenty pound safety. Yeah, I mean, could he play too deep? Yeah, he has. I mean, that's not what you ideally want him to right. do. But he was signed early, and everyone overlooks that. Yeah. Yeah, they're I think, looking for that guy. Yeah, I think they've they've got options. Mm-hmm. Maybe more so than what a lot of people are giving them credit for. Yeah, I mean, uh, if Allen played 200 snaps last year, and I think it was slightly over, I bet Killebrew plays 300 by design. Yeah, you know, different packages. Things yeah, like that. they'll figure out ways to use those guys. Millet's another one that. Yeah, you know, there's some names that aren't brought up often that 
and, and then it goes back to my thought of you know uh, mid-round picks across the league that they just haven't got the recognition without a preseason last year or a lot of snaps. There's going to be names that pop up. That's what I'm looking forward to, actually, maybe the most is mm-hmm. in this training camp is some actual preseason games. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to sit and watch guys practice against mm-hmm. Steelers on Steelers. It's completely different to watch them go out and play against the Lions oh, or the yeah. Eagles or the, the Panthers. Just, Without doubt. You know, the, you, you, if you practice it, it's the thing that always drove me crazy when I was, you know, playing sports or, or coaching sports. When you're running your own stuff against your second team. Mm-hmm. Well, they know what you're doing. They know what you're doing. Right. <laughs> you know? So you get plays, blown, and you got to like, no, we're, let the let the pass be made here because the other team isn't going to step in the lane every time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're it, trying to rep something here, not you know. So it, it it's it's a it's a balance. Mm-hmm. Um, and coaches realize when people are cheating the drill and, and stuff. Or you just you just go against some guy every day. You know when he steps to his right that he's you know <laughs> right, that's just right. how it goes. He's a pull up with a jumper. Yeah. I'm gonna swat it. Yeah, right. right yeah. <laughs> no, you're 100 percent right. And again, the schemes, you know, you know what they're trying to accomplish. Being a scout team player is not easy, either. right? You know, you're like, trying to give a good look, but you also want to make yourself look good. I want to look good, yeah. yeah. I know I could <laughs> jump this route, but coach, I, I was going to jump that route, but I didn't want to take Ben pick six because I know they throw it out there every time. Or, yeah. You know. Uh, or we just looked at it on the board upstairs, so I know exactly what they're going to do in this situation. <laughs> right, right. You know. And I hear the offensive coach yelling at him, throw the out. <laughs> like everyone in the world knows it's coming, but what good is it to me to jump it? So, yeah, but then I could have looked better. Yeah, being a scout team player is hard. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting camp, though. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing how this 2021 20, yeah. season goes. Of course, uh, you can listen to uh, all the coverage that we have here. This might on be a Steelers. little more of a project, but I bet in – Two weeks, we can come up with five names that might be the next Hilton. Yeah. You know oh, I mean? there's, there's no like, doubt in my mind that, that we're going to have some good ideas. That our ideas listeners still haven't things. heard those names. Yet, yeah. You know? we'll, have, we'll definitely have some good ideas. But uh, that's going to do it for this segment. So for my partner, Matt Williamson, for Jacob here on site, keeping us on the air, I'm Dale Lally. We thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio.